Hey everyone, my name is Brooke Ferreira. I'm a licensed associate marriage and family therapist. Each week you'll be listening to me or one of my guests talk about what it takes to really live authentically. So this is the Nurture and Be podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Nurture and Be podcast. All right, hold your horses, people. We've got our armchair sex expert in the building, Dallas. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be back on the podcast, Brooke. Thank you for having me. Of course. We are excited to have you on. Your episode was and still is my most listened to episode. So there's clearly something here and in the air. I love I love that. <laughs> and I know that like I, I'm titling this episode Answering Your Burning Questions with Armchair mm-hmm. Sexpert Dallas. So I just know that people are going to be interested and intrigued. And these are all questions that, you know, you guys submitted. Um, and so we this the focus of this episode really was to just get in touch with all of you and answer these things that you might be afraid to ask, you know, in your everyday life. Um, mm-hmm. They were submitted. Yeah, I got, some, I got some really good questions through my um, anonymous ask uh, generator thing that I found for my followers because I just want people to be able to ask me stuff and feel like their name doesn't have to be attached to it. So I feel like we got some really good questions through there as well. Yes, for sure. So for people who don't know you or didn't hear your last episode and they should go back and listen to it, can you talk to them about who you are? Yes. So my name is Dallas. I work at an adult novelty store. I worked there for um, over four years now. And uh, with the job came the realization that a lot of the general public don't know a lot about their own bodies and these products that are made specifically for them. So I decided about six months ago now to start creating short videos on Instagram that just explain different products, different toys, what they're used for, different parts of your body. Um, it's kind of just like a free for all at this mm-hmm. point. I've, I've kind of done a lot of different stuff, but I've gotten a lot of good feedback on it. And your episode got me a lot of great feedback as well. Or I should say my first episode on your podcast got me a lot of good feedback as well. So I'm really excited to be back on here and uh, answering some questions from even my followers that like I said, submitted anonymously. I'm super excited to uh, have both of us as yes. you as a therapist and me as an armchair sex expert um, answer some, some burning questions. I'm excited about it. <laughs> me too. This little clap is fun. Okay, so with that, are you ready to dive in? Let's do it. Okay, so one of the first questions that we had. <laughs> what do I, where do we even start? They're so good. I know. <laughs> All right, they're just going to start hard hitting. That's just how we roll here. Let's do it. Okay, how does size matter? <sighs> well, to be totally honest, from... My personal experience and being a girl, obviously us girls talk a lot. Um, And even just from being in the store and hearing customer feedback, the size doesn't really matter, shockingly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that is a like overly hyped idea that men specifically have put that on themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that because they watch porn and they see these big, mm-hmm. you know, penises and they assume that, oh, that's what I have to have in order to please a woman. I just don't think that's true. I think that honestly, typically women tend to go for smaller insertable toys anyways, because the goal is to stimulate that G spot, which is actually located up and in. 
So having a big penis doesn't really do all that. And, and knowing how to use your penis is like a whole nother story or knowing how to please a woman, specifically the one that you're with, because everyone has different ticks. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about you know, penis size, you can't just show up to the party and be like, all right, well, I got this thing. So everything's <laughs> going to go well for me. Like you need to take the time to learn your partner and their body and what erogenous zones they particularly like, mm -hmm. or what really gets them turned on. You know, it, there's a lot of different things for different people. So, mm -hmm. um, I think that assuming that the size of your penis is going to be detrimental or beneficial in that situation is just going to hurt you in the long run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I kind of vibe with that as well. You know, I don't know what gender of the person was, what the gender of was this person who asked this question, but that was kind of my first thought is like, okay, who's asking this and how come, right? Is there an insecurity there? Is there um, some kind of expectation there? Um, because I agree. I don't, I don't really think the size does matter. And so it's more about how are you feeling about your penis or somebody else's penis and why does yeah. that exist? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that, that the inquisitive, like kind of turning it in and being introspective on yourself mm -hmm. about that. I think that that goes for a lot of those, those types of like physicality questions that I get through my like anonymous questions is I feel like I push people to be like, why are you asking this? Mm -hmm. Like, what is, what's the root of that? You know, mm -hmm. like there's something behind that. That's not just like, Oh, I wish, you know, my stomach was flatter or I wish I had a bigger penis. Like there's more to it. Mm -hmm. So I definitely agree with that. Well, I think, you know, this is actually a really good transition into another question that we had is how do I, how can I start to feel good about myself physically? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think kind of going with what you're saying, it's all about what's beneath the surface there. You know, what are the insecurities? What are, what, what have you been told from others, family of origin, friends, past relationships? How have you to been taught that looks matter? I think that's a big one too that we don't think about. Um, yeah. Thoughts? I mean, I think that on that same path, like I know that a lot of my insecurities with my body stem from the way that I heard my mom talk about her own body mm -hmm. and like the things that she didn't like about herself. And now I'm seeing those things in myself and I'm not even hearing them in my own voice. I'm hearing them in her voice, mm -hmm. which I've had to really try and, you know, un like deprogram that from, from my mind. And, you know, I <clears throat> myself don't work out, which is not the best. And I don't obviously recommend that for anyone, but I have a really busy life. So right now working out just doesn't fall into my schedule the way that I would like it to. And I beat myself up about that a lot, mm -hmm. but over the last couple months, I've really like learned to just take a step back and love my body for getting me through 40 hour work weeks and full-time class schedules and, you know, maintaining healthy relationships with my family and my friends and this, you know, um, Instagram thing that I'm doing. I don't even know what to call it. Like I want to call it a small business because it kind of feels like it. It just takes up a lot of attention and time. And like, um, I, you know, even though I'm not making any money off of it right now, um, I, it feels like a, a small business to me. So I have a lot of stuff going on that I feel like my own body is like helping me kind of get through. And I feel like that's kind of what people just need to, to look at. Um, I watched, uh, sex, love and goop. I don't know if you yes. watched that. Oh my God. It's so good. Oh my God. But the, the mirror exercise that that one lady yes. did where she just stood in front of the mirror naked and just like said all the things that she loved about her body yes. and um, 
really like appreciated every part of her body. I actually have like kind of pushed myself to start doing that, mm-hmm. you know, and like actually look at my body and be like, there's so much that I really love about it. Mm-hmm. And that like being insecure about your body is going to affect your sex life mm-hmm. as well. And your relation, your, you know, your personal relationship with your partner, because if you're not feeling confident, then you're not like, even if your partner, which my you know fiance is really good at reassuring me and making me feel beautiful and gorgeous literally all the time. Like I've never felt like he ever thought anything less of me, but because it's in my own head, it's so easy for me to resort back to that. Like even in the middle of sex, like mm-hmm. I'll look at myself and be like, oh my God, oh my God, cover up, cover mm-hmm. up, you know, but like, that's not, you know, that's not what he's thinking about. He's not thinking about that. That's just, that's just me. So it's definitely something that you need to work on. Like internally, I feel like to answer, go back to answering the question, it's definitely something that you need to work on internally, as opposed to trying to externally get like the validation through like Instagram posts or even going to the gym too. Like going to the gym Mm -hmm. can feel super like internal, but it is kind of an external like validation in, in a way. So there's a lot of stuff that I feel like goes into that specific question for sure. Yeah. I, another thing too, is you are not alone in this feeling. I'm, I remember, remember, geez, my words today. Um, I remember going to this conference. It was Rachel Hollis was hosting it and it was an all women's conference. And one of the exercises that we had to do was, um, Oh my gosh, it's so horrible. Take a piece of paper and write down everything that we don't like about ourselves, our physically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember writing, my list was like this big and mm-hmm. it's um, six inches long, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh. One, I didn't even know I thought these things. Yep. It was just as I was writing and they were coming and they were it so, just kept coming. yes, and like ridiculous. Like the way that my eye is suited or the way that my face have rosacea or the way that my collarbones stick out right so I'm writing like all these things down and then after we finished the exercise the next step was to write to read these things to a random stranger in the room oh I just got chills like, yes. I- yeah, that's a lot. It wow. was so much. So I turn around and you know I connect with this this girl and me looking at her, I'm like, oh my gosh, she is so beautiful. Like, what is she gonna have to say about herself? Right? Mm-hmm. She had a list just as long. Yep. And it was, I mean, it was a, a humiliating but also painfully um, validating experience. Yeah. Right to just share these like deep things about myself and have somebody feel safe enough to do the same with me. But what it really showed me is every single woman in that room had something to say about themselves physically. Oh, yeah. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's a society issue. Oh, yeah. Um, it totally is. And I think that right now we're we're becoming more society is becoming more accepting, more like you're seeing just like a whole, it makes me so happy to see, like when I'm scrolling through my news, I was scrolling through my news feed the other day and I follow uh, Savage Fenty, the lingerie Mm -hmm. line on Facebook. And it showed a girl who, I'm not sure what the condition was or why, but she didn't have an arm, right? She Mm -hmm. had one arm. And I just like got so happy I was literally just like wow like even though that's not representation for me Mm -hmm. like that's not something that I relate to like 
I feel like there are so many people who can relate to that and seeing that just makes my heart like so happy mm-hmm. and just seeing people that have my body shape even like on mm-hmm. like a random like Ari ad you know someone who you can't even see their face but you can see their mid stomach down and you can see that you know they're not flat stomach mm-hmm. you know five ten models you know mm-hmm. you can tell that they're real people so I hope that the pendulum is swinging a little bit farther that way and that that will help our younger girls Mm -hmm. be more accepting of their bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really all we can hope for right now. We just have to correct Mm -hmm. really ourselves, unfortunately, what we've been taught our whole lives. Mm -hmm. Like we have to do that work to fix something that we didn't even break, which kind of sucks. But you know what? You have to do it for your own mental health. You know, you really do. Well, and that's what I was just thinking about as you were describing this like ideal person, right? I fit a lot of that. And I think that has been a struggle for me also, which sounds weird. It's like, okay, I'm supposed to feel good because I am Uh this like idealized version of pretty or whatever it is. And so many times, this is going to be so controversial. I'm just going to keep talking. No, honestly, because I see both sides of it. So many times I've heard people say like, oh my gosh, you're so skinny. You must work out all the time. I'm like, no, I actually don't. And that mm-hmm. actually is, feels bad that you're pointing out that I don't work out because I know that I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be working out because that's what's going to make me feel healthy. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. And I think that, you know, I, it's, it's weird for me because honestly, like I, in our friend group, like the three of us that mm-hmm. were, a, a, you know, a little thruple back in like pretty <laughs> much all throughout like the last bit of elementary school, all throughout middle school, it was you, me and Rachel, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you want to edit out her name, but, um, you know, you both are really tall and really skinny and just go- like you're gorgeous girls. And I was always the short stubby friend and I wasn't like fat by any mm-hmm. means, but like, I definitely like felt so insecure like being around you but also I saw how you guys being pointed out that you were really skinny affected you guys too Mm -hmm. like especially Rachel she was a little more vocal about it Mm -hmm. like I I know that like when people would point out that she was skinny it would really like upset her Mm -hmm. and you know because it's not something that you guys were like striving it's not like you guys were you know you know, had an eating disorder Mm -hmm. or like, you know, were working out really hard to be that shape. Like it was Mm -hmm. just how it was. So I definitely, even though like you feel like that was a controversial comment, I really feel like it is, it's something you have to, you know, also validate and, Mm -hmm. and, and bring to the light because there are girls, even models, models struggle with eating disorders Mm -hmm. literally all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, constantly so like everyone's feeling this pressure no matter what what way it's coming Mm -hmm. at you like you're still feeling it so I definitely feel like it's something that needs to be said even if you know you feel silly saying Mm -hmm. it like just because you know you feel you still feel like that that body shame it's still totally real and valid Mm -hmm. so I'm happy that you said that I appreciate that and I, I think the reason I really want to talk about it is because it's literally based off of other people talking about bodies you know, yep. so like, which goes along with expectations as well. But so the question says, how can I start to feel good about myself physically? My first thing would be like, who are you spending your time with? And are they talking about your body? Because uh-huh. they shouldn't be. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that 100%. And I would encourage the person to do that exercise that we talked about, mm-hmm. the mirror exercise. Like oh, really, yeah. like, 
if your goal is to start feeling confident in the body that you're in, then I'm not going to tell you to go to the gym and work out. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to tell you to really actually start trying to appreciate your body. Mm -hmm. Like, really find the things that you love. Like, that list that you made, Mm -hmm. flip it around. Make a list of all the things that you love about Mm -hmm. yourself, you know, your body. That's kind of where I would come at it from. Like, I don't want to tell anyone to go to the gym because honestly, like sometimes that just doesn't fit into your life, Mm -hmm. doesn't fit into your schedule. Some people don't like working out. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like some people just don't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, until it gets to a point where it's detrimental to your health, you know, like I don't feel like you should have to do anything that you want to do because you're trying to fit into a a model or a mold, you know. Right. So I think they just definitely like you said, seeing what's around you that's making you feel this way and making you feel self-conscious and then actually doing the work to try and acknowledge the things that you love about your body and yourself Mm -hmm. is a really good way to start that. Mm -hmm. And I think for some people too, that can feel like a lot and it is a lot. Mm -hmm. So just acknowledging (laughs) that too and holding space for like, this feels really uncomfortable. I feel like this isn't going to work and I don't want to do this. Stick with it. And mm-hmm. even if even if for an entire year you're just sitting in the thought of this thing being uncomfortable, sit there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. When I started doing that that mirror exercise, like I I did it in front of Matt at one point, and I was just kind of like sitting there, like looking at myself in the mirror, and it felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But like the more I did it, the more I. I enjoyed it. And another thing that I don't know if I learned it from sex, love and goop or just like scrolling through my Instagram, but the way you touch your body has a lot to do with it too. Mm -hmm. Like instead of like squeezing the areas of your body that you wish weren't there, like I'm so guilty of that. I'm Mm -hmm. guilty of squeezing my love handles or like squeezing my boobs because I feel like they're too, you know, too much. Like I... I've stopped, really tried to stop myself from doing that mm-hmm. because that touch, it's a negative touch. It's an aggressive touch. Mm-hmm. You can't touch yourself like that and expect yourself to love those parts of your body. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing I would say to to just like, I, I that really stuck with me and has helped me a lot too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just thought. <laughs> I love that one. And I guess the last thing I'm thinking about too is um, t- analyzing how much is diet culture influencing your everyday life? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if, and researching what even is diet culture and how is diet culture pervasive and what are the mm-hmm. little subtle ways diet culture shows up? Because you will be shocked mm-hmm. in all the ways that it exists. And mm-hmm. I think if we can recognize the impact, we can start to reverse the impact. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was a good one. Okay. So next question. After I had an open conversation with my husband about bringing toys into the bedroom, he was really awesome and encouraging. He even surprised me with and bought a wand vibrator. I love it, but it's better for solo or foreplay. It's a little bulky to use during intercourse. How do I tell him I want something different without sounding unappreciative for his big gesture he's done for me? Okay, so I first want to say amazing like Mm -hmm. I'm so happy that you were able to have that conversation and he was receptive and all of these things sound really really good so I understand the thought process of like oh if I come in the room with another toy um he'll be offended that I didn't like the one that he got me but that's not what you're saying 
that's not even what you're saying in your question. And I think that if you just phrase it that way, like even if you, instead of asking him to go get the toy, what if you go to a, a store mm-hmm. and you ask about what's the best couple's toy? What's a good toy to use during intercourse? I would recommend personally a C-ring for, for this specific person because a C-ring feels like it's for the male, but it's really for both partners. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you were to get a C-ring and come home and be like, hey, I want to try this out you know, add this to our arsenal, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're building a collection here. You're, mm-hmm. you're making, you're enhancing this, not just with one toy, but there's so many other toys that do so many different things that you can't just limit yourself to a wand, you know? Mm-hmm. And, sh- and she, assuming this is a she, um, is kind of right with, uh, the wand being more of for solo play and it is super bulky. So if you're wanting to get something that's a little slimmer, something will fit in your body a little bit in between your bodies, a little bit easier, a savoring would be a really good way to go. Mm-hmm. And I think that, the fact that he was so receptive mm-hmm. and the fact that he went out and got you a toy himself, like, I don't think he's going to be upset that you're, you are also diving into this head first mm-hmm. and, you know, you out and you did some research and you found a toy that you wanted to try. I feel like, honestly, it feels a little bit more receptive than, mm-hmm. um, than you being unappreciative. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm, I love that question. When I got it, I was so excited. I was like, wow, I love this person. They just asked me one of the best questions I've ever gotten, and I'm going to save it for Brooke's podcast. <laughs> so I'm super excited for this person to hear um, our response to it. What do you think? Like, what do you think would be the best way to approach approach that? Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I'm also thinking, like, you guys are learning this world together. So it's okay to kind of stumble and, you know, you bought a toy and it wasn't the best one. That's a whoops. Mm -hmm. It's not like a – it's not a fail, right? It's just a learning experience. And I think if you um, go to him with that perspective, it's only going to be met with love. You know, if you're like, oh, my gosh, I love this toy. I found myself wanting to use it, you know, even when we're not intimate – which mm-hmm. like, thank you for that. Right. Do you think that mm-hmm. we can find a toy that is like a little bit less bulky or whatever you're, you're saying about it, you know, give him the feedback so that he knows why that toy doesn't work best for you when you guys are together. And to be honest, if you, you, not you, but you, the person asking the question, <laughs> if, if you're feeling that the toy is too bulky to enjoy during intercourse, he's probably feeling the same thing. Definitely. So, you know, I feel like, that's kind of a communication thing where you guys, even though you've had that opening conversation, that's not the end of it. Like this Mm -hmm. is, like you said, it's like a, it's like a journey. You're learning Mm -hmm. this together. So these conversations are going to have to happen more than once. Mm -hmm. And especially when it comes to stuff like, Oh, maybe this isn't the best for, you know, sex. This Mm -hmm. is the best for solo play. So let's find something that works best for us during intercourse, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah, definitely super proud of the conversation being had, though. I think that's the the toughest part is, you know, getting getting the balls to actually have that conversation mm-hmm. about bringing toys into the bedroom. So that's that's awesome that you even got that far. Yes, seriously. I mean, it's brave, you know, and yeah, I think, too, the last thing I'm thinking about is. How do I say this? Like. In my own, ex- I'm like, how much do I want to reveal here? <laughs> this is a safe space, bro. <laughs> yeah. In my own experience, I've even found like we've brought smaller toys in and then it, we were still both like, I don't really know how this works for us. And so it's constant con- conversation, right? It's constant like, okay, 
what if we try it this way? Or what if we switch this way? Or I'm doing it and you're like penetrating. Is this feel weird that like I'm holding it only and you're not a part of it? Or, you know, does it feel okay? So it's like constantly checking in as well. Definitely. Yeah. Like the conversation needs to be happening while intercourse is happening mm-hmm. as well. Cause that's what you're going to learn, you know, like that is definitely something that needs to, you need to break that, that awkwardness, which I think that is the hardest thing for mm-hmm. most people from what I've experienced, um, you know, in the customer service realm of this is just having the conversation with your partner about it and expressing what feels good, what doesn't, you know, what you like, what do they like? That is like the hardest part. So I think that the fact that you've gotten to that point is honestly, mm-hmm. you've, you've gotten past the threshold. Like now mm-hmm. you just need to kind of like tweak it until you find what works for you both. So I, yeah, again, great question. I'm so happy with that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Okay, so the next question. This one's tricky. What are signs that there's lack of trust in the relationship, in your opinion? This was one from from me, right? Yes. From my, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, the reason that I brought this to the podcast is because I was like, the best person to talk to the, with this about is a therapist. Like, I feel like you can ask for my opinion and I can give you my opinion, but ultimately like I'm not professionally trained. So, I mean, I think lack of trust is also a very situational thing. I think that every person has different triggers. Um, but I mean, like the biggest ones that I feel like stand out in my mind are like going through people's phones or, you know, um, looking over their shoulder when they are on their phones or computers. Like, technology is very much intertwined in trust nowadays because there's, like, a whole other world in someone's phone that you don't know about, and you just have to trust that that person isn't doing something behind your back, which is hard. I mean, I've I've been cheated on via, you know, text messages and Instagram messages and stuff like that where I've found the messages and been like, oh, my God. Like, mm-hmm. it feels like a the gut punch underneath yeah. from you. Yeah. Like, you just feel like, holy crap, like, this is a whole other world that I didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's something that I've personally had to break in my current relationship, really, was it's just like, okay, like, I trust that he's not doing anything, and I just need to trust that. Like, I just need to trust everything that he says. So... Yeah, it's hard. It is really difficult. What do you what do you think about it? Ooh, to the person who is asking this question, what does your gut say and why aren't you listening to it? Mm. I think if they're wow. asking this, there's probably already signs there. Yeah. That's a that's a that's that is a really good point. Like that's that's the therapist part that I couldn't have brought to it. Like, why are you asking this? That's such a good point. Like, clearly, like there's something there that that you're feeling mm-hmm. uh, hesitation about. Mm-hmm. And if that's even a question, then I would say yeah, there might be something there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the number one thing as a therapist that I try to teach people is, you know, we were born with instinct, just like animals are born with instinct. That's how they know how to eat. That's how they know how to kill things to eat. That's how they know how, like, when a baby is born, it automatically wiggles to a mom's nipple. Yeah. Within the first hour. That's nuts. Mm -hmm. That's instinct. Yeah. Right? So from the second we are born, literally, we have instinct. And somewhere along the way, we stop listening to that. Because people told us that it's wrong or, you know, maybe we thought we listened to it and then something bad happened. Right? And so... If that little voice is whispering to you, 
something mm-hmm. is here, then trust it. There is something there. Okay, so then I have a I have a follow up question to this question then for you. Yes. This is turned into a therapy session, but um, no, like like I was just saying, I have some pre mat relationship mm-hmm. traumas. So how do I? determine what is instinct and what is my trauma response to past relationships yep this question comes up so much okay instinct is a whisper Mm -hmm. trauma is a panic oh wow i just got goosebumps again girl (laughs) (laughs) that i like that a lot i really like that instinct is a whisper and trauma is a panic and it makes sense. It really does. It really does. Because it is like when you're feeling that, like, oh, my God, I need to check his phone. I feel mm-hmm. like there's something there. Like, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yes. Wow. And so, like, the- I hope that I hope that helped my my person who asked this question. I really hope that did because that helped me a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> Good. Well, and I think the important piece that I'm not mentioning here that we need to think about is, like, to trust your in- instinct, you also have to be connected with your emotions, right? To be able to even decipher, is this a whisper or is this panic? And mm-hmm. I think that right there is one of the hardest parts is figuring out how to reconnect with yourself and reconnect with yeah. your emotions in a way that feels safe and in a way that like you can trust it. You know, so many of yeah. us are taught to invalidate ourselves or, um, explain away our feelings and so it's kind of counterintuitive to lean into them and be like okay no I am feeling upset here and I'm feeling upset and it makes sense that I'm feeling upset based on the context right that's step number one is just validating how you're feeling because no matter what the context is and what the feeling is it's okay Mm -hmm. yeah I'm not saying that if you're feeling really angry because your partner spilled some yogurt on the floor that you should go yell at them and that you're valid in that response. I'm saying Mm -hmm. that if you feel angry because your partner spilled yogurt on the floor, think about how it felt when you spilled yogurt on the floor when you were a (laughs) child. Did you get yelled at? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is that. That's good too. Definitely. And that, I mean, it just speaks to the fact that I think everyone should be in therapy. I mean, you know, I was just, I just came straight from a therapy session and we started recording this podcast. So, and I just feel like I say it's so much in response to some of these anonymous questions that I get. It's just like therapy, therapy, therapy. And I do feel like that's because for me personally, I know some people are like super in touch with their emotions and some people are much stronger in that. Mm -hmm. But for me, as someone who was a little hot-headed, someone who's a Scorpio, it doesn't mm-hmm. listen very well. Like I found it so hard for me to decipher exactly that. Like what was panic, what was like just me a trauma response mm-hmm. as opposed to what was really me and what was I really, really feeling. Mm-hmm. And therapy over the last four years has really helped me kind of like be able to decipher that. And tr- there's still, I mean, trust me, I'm not perfect. There's still plenty of stuff that I need to work mm-hmm. on and plenty of trauma responses that I have, you know, but I've, I'm able to really like take a step back and be like, okay, that makes sense why I reacted that way. I'm, I'm a lot easier on myself as opposed to just being like, wow, I can't believe you reacted that way. I can't believe you did that or mm-hmm. said that, you know, it's a lot easier for me to be gentle with myself and be like, no, that makes sense mm-hmm. because Y, Z. So wow, this is turning into a therapy session. Sorry, but. (laughs) No, it's good because I think a lot of people connect with it. And even like, as you're talking, I'm thinking about my own experience with trauma responses. And for me, my like tell that it's a trauma response is I quickly go to rage. 
It's like, there's no in between. It's like, you said that and I am like on attack blame mode. Yes. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. (sighs) Do we have any more questions or we're still? Yes, we do. Okay. Okay. My partner and I have different sex drives. How could we get on the same page? Masturbation. (laughs) Good. Okay. (laughs) That is my simple answer to that question. Obviously, there's a lot more that needs to go into that question because is it a different sex drive or is it different sexual preferences? Is it different kinks? Mm -hmm. Are you even in the same? I literally said this the other day to Matt when we, I just did a video on kinks Mm -hmm. and how to discuss kinks with your partner. And one thing that I said that I love, and I'm going to say forever now is like, you don't have to be on the same level, but you have to be like in the same ballpark, you Mm -hmm. know, like, and that needs to kind of, sex is so important in a relationship that if you're not even in the same ballpark like he needs to have sex and I'm kind of you know assuming here that the man is the hypersexual one but assuming that he needs to have sex every single day and you only want to have sex once a month Mm -hmm. like that's a pretty big that's a pretty big ask for Mm -hmm. either of you to come to one or the other side you know um so to me, if you're at, in the same ballpark, but not on the same level, whoever's the more hypersexual one, I would encourage them to really explore masturbation and what like they like. Because honestly, I think that when you're trying, when you're hypersexual and you're trying to have a lot of sex with your partner, it can just become unenjoyable for your partner. Mm-hmm. And you don't want that either. Mm-hmm. Like you, you'd really want to like focus on yourself, see what you like, focus on yourself. And maybe that'll even help the hypersexuality because I think that a lot of the times people are hypersexual because they think they have to be, especially men. Mm -hmm. Like men think they have to want sex all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and they don't, and you don't need to. And, and maybe if you connect with yourself a little bit more and see what it is that you really want or need or what's lacking that you're trying to fill with that, what, what is, you know, you're trying to fill with that will uh, help out with that situation too. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, okay, Sex, Love, and Goop is a show on Netflix episode. I think it's the first episode on there. There is a couple. um, It's a black couple, and it's male and female, and they, I mean, they're going through this exactly. There's a difference in um, frequency, but also what they discovered was preferences. I Mm -hmm. remember the husband saying, like, you know, she's just not that sexual. She's kind of, like, innocent and goody or something along the lines of that. Mm -hmm. And no, she's a freak, just in a different way. She scored so high on the kink level. Like, yes. she scored so higher than him. Yes. I'm like, oh, shit. That's so, that was so interesting. I literally went and did that test literally immediately after I watched that episode. Yep. You know, so I think that's really, like, whoever has this question to just go watch that episode because I, I learned a lot in that episode as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it also touches on, you know, men feeling like they have to be – hyper what do you say sec what do you say hypersexual yeah um I mean this man said that he could only orgasm based on like touch I think it was and Mm -hmm. like erotic stimulation is what it was and he had an orgasm without even being touched yep so the energy orgasms or whatever that was called yeah that that was really interesting and that I definitely I feel like same with me like it it opened my eyes to like all these different levels of of sexuality that people have within them Mm -hmm. and 
part of it, which was really interesting, was that um, there was a level, or I guess the, I can't remember what it was, what they're actually called, one of the five categories mm-hmm. that was specifically about what society has taught you to think that sex is. Mm-hmm. And it really like made me think like, holy crap, I guarantee a lot of men, boys even nowadays mm-hmm. are so heavily impacted by that because of pornography. And we know obviously it's at our fingertips. We can watch it mm-hmm. wherever, whenever, for however long we want, you know? Mm-hmm. And we already know that that's affecting boys negatively, you know, as far as even performing in the bedroom because mm-hmm. they have to have that visual stimulation or, and this goes back to even the the size question, you know, like what is it that, that you think that you have to be in order to please a woman? Mm-hmm. Not what do they want or mm-hmm. what can I do to, to make you feel pleasure? It's more like what, you know, what a society like groomed me to think that, that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's, it's definitely a scary thing because porn is always going to be there. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that that's ever going to not be easily accessible or be right at our fingertips. And obviously as the generations go on, it will probably be even more easier to access. And I think that the only way to combat that is to have these open conversations about sex Mm -hmm. and and you know i don't think porn's bad i watch porn i i actually really like porn like i i'm 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 very much like visual stimulation Mm -hmm. but if it gets to a point where it's starting to affect your sex life your interpersonal sex life Mm -hmm. then it you have to consider that it might be an issue i mean porn addiction is a real thing Mm -hmm. so yeah that's definitely a that's a tricky tricky uh and it's and it's hard because because I feel like right now this is now I'm going to my controversial mm-hmm. uh, controversial thing but I got a question the other day about uh, masculinity I don't know if you saw that but mm-hmm. um, someone anonymously asked me like why do you think that some men feel that they have to prove their masculinity and I was super nervous to answer the question because I feel like my viewpoint on this is a little controversial because of the content that I consume. I, mm-hmm. I really, I watch, I listen to the man enough podcast like every week. Like I, I love this podcast and, and what, what they are basically their goal is to undefine masculinity in order to help females because so much of, of the hate that comes from men towards females is actually like, because of the patriarchy and like what they learned growing up. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was really nerve wracking answering that question because I didn't want it to seem like I was anti-feminism because I'm not. In fact, I'm very, very feminist. But for me, I feel like feminism is more about equality than about um, like more, more about equality than like righting the wrongs. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like a lot of feminism has like been about recently. Um, you know, it's just about like, oh, man hating and small penises and balding heads mm-hmm. and this, that, and the next. And some guys totally are like, deserve that. Like mm-hmm. some guys really are mm-hmm. shitty to females. But they don't care. Like, but I feel like it really, it sucks to encapsulate all of them into one. And I just feel like there's so much more understanding that needs to go into it. So I've definitely, um, I feel like, like I said, it was, it was very nerve wracking for me to answer mm-hmm. that question. And I feel like that kind of does play into this whole, you know, this whole thing as well. Mm-hmm. So 
it's uh it's definitely hard to uh express fully <laughs> how I feel about the topic but there's a movie it's called the mask you live in have you heard of it Mm-mm. okay you should watch it it's a whole movie about why men are taught to be masculine and the impact that it has okay um and so whoever asked that question you should also watch that film <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely so it's the mask you live in and, and you can watch it free on um youtube actually i think okay cool yeah i'll definitely have to give it give it a watch it just it definitely intrigues me so much because and if and i'll shout it out again the manner of podcast is absolutely amazing um justin baldoni who if anyone's watched jane the jane the virgin it's Raphael. oh yes i love him Yes, I know. He's amazing. So um, his whole thing is undefining masculinity and he had a porn addiction and, you know, obviously he's like a, a very attractive mm-hmm. and like, you know, uh, basically the, the definition of masculinity in, in society's terms. Um, so it's definitely an interesting viewpoint to hear from him and like hear him be vulnerable about that and then he has liz plank who wrote the book um let boys cry uh which is also about the the uh, relationship between you know masculinity and and feminism and and misogyny and all that uh and then another one of his friends jamie heath who hasn't he's just one of his friends but he's a black man so he has a really great perspective too so that that podcast i feel like it really challenges you to think about all these social constructs in a way that you just haven't before so or me at least i mm-hmm. haven't before so I, I really enjoy it for that reason but i'm gonna add them all to um the show notes as well so everybody okay. can have access to all of them um that is all the questions that I have. Um, anything else that you feel like we need to answer? I don't think so. I just, I hope that these questions keep coming, mm-hmm. honestly, and we can just keep, <laughs> we can keep recording episodes of people's questions. I'm all about it. So if you have any questions, go to my Instagram at the armchair sexpert. And in my little link tree, there is a place where you can ask me a question anonymously. Or if you want to just DM me, obviously, that's all right as well. I keep everything private and I don't ever share any names or anything like that. So I would I I love answering these questions. I I like uh, giving people feedback and hopefully helping people with it. So I'm I'm all about it. Awesome. And I'll put your Instagram in the show notes as well. So people have easy access to that. Um, before we go, can you just tell people a little bit about, you know, again, where to find you and what your Instagram is all about? Yeah. So, um, my Instagram is called the armchair sexpert. Uh, it's kind of a play on words there because I am not a licensed sexpert or sex educator. Um, working on it (laughs) but I have worked again in the the adult novelties industry for four years so I've taken extensive classes I've taken training programs you know I know most of these products inside and out and I love helping people find stuff to enhance pleasure whether it be solo or um, in a relationship Uh, so I encourage you guys to follow me. I am currently just doing weekly videos where I go over products or um, just topics. Like this week, I had mentioned earlier, I went over um, how to talk kinks with your partner, and I actually had my fiance in that video. So that's fun. 
interesting. Uh, <laughs> I think we had a really good time uh, recording it, and I really loved the video that we got. So it was just a cool dynamic. Um, but just videos like that to kind of make the conversation easier, and um, you have someone at your fingertips that you don't necessarily know that you can just shoot a message to if you have a question. I've had so many people ask me questions about, like, you know, is it normal that I can't orgasm, or is it normal that I don't like oral sex? Like, stuff like that where I feel like even though, you know, it might seem like a, a weird question to ask someone. Like, I feel like people do just really need reassurance in that area. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what my Instagram is right now. And I'm hoping to, at some point here, uh, release a podcast. Um, yes, I'm working on that. And that will hopefully be in the next coming months. And uh, yeah, that's really all I've got right now. But I'm just trying to lean into this because I've gotten such a good response and feedback from my followers that I just hope that it keeps going in the way it is. Awesome. Well, we love having you on and, you know, I will have you on a thousand times. So <laughs> thank you yep. for your time and your knowledge and your wisdom and your energy. We just love it here. Yeah. I, I Hey, I love being on here. I, this is the best experience. So I will be back as many times as you'll let me. <laughs>